Welcome to the Vet Church Podcast, where the stories are sacred. To learn more about Vet Church, visit www.vetchurch.com. Okay, hey Vet Church, so here we are, the much anticipated day. <laughs> so, um, we are in Vis- Vis- Visalia. Visalia. <laughs> I always want to say Vi instead of Vi, but Visalia. Visalia, Visalia, same thing. It's a, you said it's in the Dust Bowl. Uh, yes, we're in the Dust Bowl. The valley is the Dust Bowl. Here in California. And so I went to Afghanistan with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you did some pretty amazing stuff. You were an 88 Mike, I think, by trade, mm-hmm. which means truck driver. So you truck driving, you were a gunner, you did QC. Whatever the, the, what was Sergeant Jordan's official title? Commander? Convoy Commander? Platoon Sergeant? Platoon Sergeant. Convoy Commander. Yeah, he's. <laughs> he did it all. He so. did it all, so. And you were like his, his uh, you worked. His like assistant. Assistant for him, which was, assistants either make or break the game 90% of the time. And um, the game never got broke for you guys. He molded me into an outstanding soldier, being an outstanding leader that he is, so. Is he on now, Kate? Are you inviting him? He's been probably. Okay, so uh, so anyway, um, so you've been part of that church for a while, mm-hmm. and you've seen these things go on. Yeah. <laughs> and ever since Sergeant Carpenter, we've been uh, called me up that one day and said, "Hey, I've got leukemia. You and I've been planning to do this, which has been over a year and a half now." Yeah. And, and he's he's in remission with that leukemia now, which is awesome. That is awesome. Um, and you were doing the mom life. Yes, definitely which the is, mom life. <laughs> which is fun. I, mean, like, I have a terrible two running around, so yeah. He's a blast. He loves our dogs. Like hanging out. Yeah, he's he's the life of the party. He wants very much. To taste the coffee. Like the if thing. you leave it down there, he will drink it. <laughs> he's a cool kid, man. Um. So. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about some big issues. Okay. <laughs> well, because because like our our tribe, you know, like I always consider us a tribe because we have a language. We, you know, like unless you were really in the military or a spouse in the military or one of the parents or friends or somebody that was kind of connected, it's hard to catch what's really going on. And this tribe has a way of talking about things and avoiding a lot of stuff. I'm very good at avoiding a lot of things. <laughs> Me too. That's why we should talk about it. Yeah. We're good at like um, hiding out. And I, and I love that we talked about yesterday, we talked about how some of the folks are just so like all, you know, so caught up in what's wrong with them that they can't, you know, it's like a badge of honor. Like this yeah. is wrong. I'm never going to lay it down. And, um, one of the guys commented on that, uh, Duncan, I, I served with him at Walter Reed. He's a chaplain. I think I saw that comment. Yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah, it's true. You know, like there's a yeah. lot of people that get so caught that they can't, they can't get past the fact that, yeah, something's wrong, but so? So what's right about you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, how do you move to that next thing? Which I, mean, I, was, I was, I'm tempted to go like apply for hundred percent you know like that temptation hits me sometimes and and I resist it because I just 
keep thinking, you know, VA, the government's not God. Like, I gotta, I live my own life. I gotta be responsible for myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, kind of weird, but. If you're at 100%, they have you under their thumb, so. That's a good way of looking at it, too. It, it is how it, it, that's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I, so, so let's start with your right hand. <laughs> yeah, let's start with all that. That's awesome. Stuff. Yes. I mean, um, go ahead. I'll... Well, um, a lot of people on, I guess a lot of people that kind of stayed close to me know about all this. Just, that's not a lot of people. So I'll say Blake Hunter, uh, my ex-husband, he knows about all this. Just you guys know about all this. But you know, there's 22 veterans that die every single day from suicide. Mm -hmm. And I was almost one of those 22. So, you know, all the stuff that I've been through, everything, you know, my, one of my last suicide attempts was with a gun. I was gonna shoot myself in the head, pulled it, it dimpled. It didn't, I, go, off. It didn't go off. So, <coughs> That was my sign that I'm here for a whole different reason. And I had to find my purpose. So, and I've actually, I've had a few veteran friends that I have talked out of suicide. I've told them my experiences, everything. You know, it took me to get locked up in the mental ward for some time to gather myself. And then after that, that's when I got pregnant with my miracle baby, which I believe, honestly, probably helped save my life. So well, now why why <clears throat> would he help you save your life? He gave me a sense of balance. Like I felt that I had a purpose like he's another reason why I'm here. You know, it's just a sign I'm here to do better things, bigger things, you know, great things for other people and you know, this was just one of them that just just came at the right time. But well, he you needs know. you every day. I, I I actually I got out of the hospital and a month later I found out I was pregnant with him. So it was, well, I know, I think it was a month and a half. So I was, it was, I think it was, you know, God telling me, hey, here's your sign. So, so what I'm hearing you say is that having a purpose every day helps you live. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it def that's definitely helped me. Yes. I, I think when they started giving me all the pills and I felt like I was um, without purpose. That's when despair kind of creep, crept, crept, crept in. Crept, yes. Crept in. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. How it happens, but it, it was unavoidable. I, I just felt like, what's the purpose of life? What am I yeah. doing? See, PTSD affects. I think PTSD month is next month too, June. Yeah. I think it's PTSD awareness month. Awareness month next month, but it all it affects everybody differently, and some people just can't get past that just that hump of what is wrong with me that's where I can go back to that what is wrong with me they keep saying oh this is what's wrong with me this is they're always going to the what's wrong with me and they can't get past that to see hey this is what can go right with me yeah so this this actually you know I I, I got IGY6 I got your six I'm always gonna have somebody's back and this man approached me at the Fresno VA and was talking to me and he said I know what that means and he said if I 
you know, and he started talking to me about all his battles and I felt like I was, you know, his counselor. I honestly felt that I was there for him. I, you know, I was done with my appointments. I had actually just left mental health and I saw him and he started talking to me. He broke down to me and it was an, it was an amazing feeling, you know, and he said, you know, it, it takes like a special person to do this. And he said, you know, I go up there and these doctors are like, da, 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 they just, whatever. Or like a lot of them will sit there and they'll just be doing things on their computer. It it's doesn't true. even, it doesn't even look like they're looking at you or acknowledging yeah. it. And they're like, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, okay. And they're just doing all the things. And it's like, he said, I don't feel like they pay att enough attention. He said, you know, if you get one-on-one -on -one counseling with your peers or if you, you know, just, he said that some of these groups, some of these groups aren't even all cracked, what, like what they're cracked up to be. You know, you can go to these groups and everybody's just like, eh, you know, it's the vibe in there. He said, you know, if you go with other people like, like me, he said, I was very approachable. He saw the tattoo on my hand. He said, he knew what it, you know, I just seemed like someone to just talk to, talk to, you know, and I, he knew I wasn't going to judge him. I, I'll leave that, you know, I'm, that's not, that's not my, it's not me to judge. There's only one person that'll judge us in the end, so. And it made you feel better to be part of his life. Mm -hmm. You know, his caring for himself. Yeah, I still see him every now and then in the VA. He's, he's an older gentleman. I think he was, I think he was Vietnam. He was just, he's, he's an older gentleman. So I'm just like, okay, cool, you know. But he, you know, he sees me every now at the VA and he's like, hey, you know, how you doing? Like, That's cool. Honestly, I don't remember his name to save my life. I don't even know if we exchanged names. He's just. But that, that goes back to the tribe thing. Yeah, I don't know that you always have to exchange. What? He was Vietnam because you said that the statistic is half of the Korean crew are Vietnam vets. Yeah, he he was, true. I think, uh, Vietnam had Agent Orange, huh? I think he yeah. said he, he's dealing with the Agent Orange. Which is, it's, uh, that was, that's their burn pit, you know, that our burn pit is their Agent Orange, you know, that's, yeah. that's all what we're dealing with. That's our Agent Orange is the burn pits, which is yeah. awful, but I felt like that I did hit some, him some good, you know, yeah. my purpose is, you know, I want people to talk to me, you know, it helps me because I do still struggle with my demons. My demons are very evil and they're very strong and it takes a lot for me to keep them at bay. This little guy in here, he helps do that, but sometimes they're there, you know, there's, they're there. And when being a mom isn't enough. Yes. And you know, I, when he's sleeping, sometimes I will sit there and just cry and just try to let it out. And it, sometimes it doesn't work. And like, sometimes I feel like I don't talk, like I, I, I call a few people. I've called Andrews, you know, he's been there. He's, he's rock solid to me. I called Blake, Blake Hunter, my ex-husband. Yeah, of course, he's he's rock solid to me too. So, you know, um, Sergeant Kirby, he's another person that, you know, he would he would help me no matter what he has. He's he's been in the army, out of the army. He's been a solid person in my life too. So, Harding, Harding, Elaine Harding, mm -hmm. is he? Is. My man. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just these few people that you know that have obviously you guys too but yeah it's just it's just these few people that I keep going back to so well I you know I, I, I try real hard to encourage people to reach out to the, to mm. the folks that they're that they were a part of that was with them you know and um, hey did Sergeant Jordan get on yet 
You want to hand me that thing? Real oh, quick? and you know what? Another person that I will not forget because I still will not. I'm still gonna get the tattoo. It's Stephanie Bird song. You know, I'm gonna get the little birdie on there. Don't worry. I haven't gotten there yet because I haven't got my military piece. But she is an outstanding person, and she would she would give you the clothes off her back. She's 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 an amazing battle buddy. I'm going to see her in uh, June. Yeah, we're going to do a. Uh, Going up to Louisville to do a little get together, BSB folks. Uh, on the way, we're gonna stop and see her. She's just north of Nashville, so that'll be good. So I wanted to read you something. Okay. I thought you had a little surprise for you. Oh no! Here we so, go. So Sergeant, <laughs> Sergeant Jordan um, sent me this this morning. Okay, he said, "Uh oh, <laughs> I don't, I, if I don't get to see the interview, pass this on." Veg is exactly what a soldier should be: female, male, whatever. I feel it is my obligation to make sure all of you understand that her dedication and loyalty is exactly what I hope my daughters uh, possess. Hope to have my daughters possess. Love you, kid. I know for a fact that it was not for her. I would not have been nowhere as successful as I was. My life and our soldiers' lives are better because you were with us. And I hope that someday my daughters get to meet you. If you ever need anything, I'm there. And then he says, if you're with me, say IED. <laughs> See, look at you made me you made me cry. <laughs> it was a good surprise. Yeah. <laughs> um so, so, so I met Sergeant Jordan. He was a uh, he was he was wearing the rank of E seven. Oh man, I'm crying. And he Thanks was a just lot. this um, <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jordan. He was this incredible guy that passionately cared for every single soldier and he ran this convoy. And you were his assistant. And yeah. So, running this convoy up and into the to the Corngall Valley, what we did that year, we fired more ammunition in the Corngall Valley, our brigade, than they fired in all of Iraq that year. And so, that means that these convoys that went up from you, y'all and Alpha Company, and then Foxtrot out of Jalalabad carried stuff to the rest of everybody else. And then, you know, then maybe golf company picked it up from here, took it to there, whatever it was. But it was constant danger. Yeah. And, um. I got to admit, Fox, they were some outstanding individuals. Oh, yeah. I, you know, if anybody were to have our backs, I, I'm, you know, we did bicker at each other, you know. But, hey, I think Fox was, they're an amazing group. They did a lot. They, they pushed out and they, they went into the heart of darkness, too. And they did a lot. Yep. They got shot. I, I think they went almost three times a week. I think at one point they're going, and, and every single time they're getting shot at. Yeah. And, and returning fire. And, and it's dangerous. I mean, like, this is, this is, um, these IED things. This is how people die. And, and, um, and it's, it's, it's not scary. Like it's about to happen. It's scary. Like you don't know if it's going to happen. Mm hmm. It's the, it's the kind of thing where, like, you just got to go, like, I don't know if it's going to happen to us. I know they're going to shoot at us, but I don't know what's going to happen out of that. And you, when you're looking down mountains that go how far away, in the valleys yeah. are hundreds of feet deep. Um, but I, I, like, I wanted, I wanted, you know, because people are important, and you're important. And, uh, and then you have the big red one. Yes, I do have my little big red one. I couldn't just put this, and I have OEF 0809 right here. Okay. You know, just to represent, you know, this is, 
this is a big part of my life and I want everybody to see it and I want everybody to know it. I'm proud of it. You know, some people kind of bash me in and they're like, you know, look what it did to you. Yeah, it, I, yeah, I'm screwed up, but hey, I developed into a, a different kind of person. I'm not the same person I was before I went in the military. I will tell you that. I was on a war path and, well, I developed into a, an outstanding person. You know, if it wasn't for the military, I probably would have honestly been in prison. But, yeah, I was just on a war path. Well, so. it's funny because your dad's a police officer. <laughs> mm-hmm. They and do say cops' kids are the worst. And, yeah, I'm sorry, Dad. You know, I was kind of not the best. But, hey, you know, we all make mistakes. <laughs> or five or six. But, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it, um, it, it's not, it didn't happen by accident, though. Like, you know, you know how I got in the military? Let me tell you something, okay? I was getting off of probation. Really? You know, yeah, I was getting off probation, you know, and I was like, okay, whatever. Well, my dad says, hey, let's let's take your daughter to Chuck E. Cheese because she was still small. I was like, all right. Well, my dad has this game plan in his head, so Chuck E. Cheese is right in the same parking lot as the recruiting station. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so we pull up, and he drops me off, and he's like, all right, meet us over there when you're done. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he was like, I'm helping you out. And I was like, he said, just go see what they have to say. I went in there and see what they had to say. And they said, okay, well, wait till you're off probation. All right, cool. So I wait. This, and they honestly didn't think I was going to come back. I, my dad told me, he was like, this is what you have to do. You need to change your life. You need to do this for you, your daughter, everything. So, okay, get off probation, go in there. Lo and behold, they're like, wow, you're back. And they're like, yeah, I'm back. I'm going to join. It took me. I think four months for them to get all my four to five months to get all my stuff together, get all my paperwork done. They were having problems with all my stuff, but I stuck with it and went forward with it. But I will never forget. My dad just said, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese and dump me off at the recruiting office. And I'm like, how are you going to do that to me, dad? You know, but I, I yeah. And I, but if it wasn't for my dad, you know, I probably would have been doomed, but he, he helped me make my choice. He pushed me forward and was like, he was hundred percent supportive of everything I did. He's a, my dad is like one of the biggest influences in my life then and still today. I admire my dad. I look up to my dad. It, my dad is just awesome. Hands down, That's awesome. Oh. We, have, we have dogs in the neighborhood. <laughs> dogs will bark. Um, well, you know, like, I think about, like, so my dad was in the military. Was yours? He did, um, it, he was kind of like military. He did medical processing. He was over there at, oh my gosh, where was he at? He was here in California. He did some processing, um, but he had California instead of U.S. Army. It said California. So he was a civilian basically working for the military. So he has a, he had a taste of what it was. You know, he, I think he was like an ease or something like one of the, like, it's kind of like civil air patrol but it's something medical well and he just pushed paper that's all oh. he was just pushing paper that's what I guess what he told me he's just in there doing processing for everything and I was like okay whatever and he that's cool that's what that's so he knows what it is he yeah but he has he's more police work and stuff like that being a policeman is not easy yeah. no my dad is exactly He's an outstanding police officer. And actually, he's going to retire this year. And kind of like, 
excited, but then I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like my dad's going to retire. So it's kind of, it's a big thing. But then he also said, you know, after I retire, then I could take your son for, you know, I could take, you know, Zayden for two, three days and you can have a break. And I'm like, hey, that sounds good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good for Zayden too. Yes. So, um, I, I think about questions that are personal and not personal because I don't want to put you on the spot, but, um, cause that's not what the, you know, the, like the thing about these things is not to put people on the spot. It's about to share with people who are struggling and afraid to talk about something. Or sometimes it helps the family figure out who we are. You know, um, which, uh, you know, talking to Mark, and he's like, what, you shot 50 times? You know, like, yeah. I see you doing stuff. <laughs> and, um, I didn't see you shoot it, but I, I was there when you were getting ready and everything. Well, Vincent said, how's the transition? Vincent? Torres? How's the transition? I don't think I'm ever going to come back to... Yeah, I'm never going to be a civilian like everybody else. <laughs> I, I don't think you can. I don't think that... I mean, look at me. Like, I didn't just go get some little job at a church. I mean, <laughs> after you do that, how can you just go back and work somewhere? I worked, and honestly, I went... I was working at Target. You know, they're good group of people but I had this new supervisor let me tell you he told me I had to get something done and you know it was so stupid it was a five-person job kind of reminded me of the military five-person job and I was me by myself getting it done and I was like this is not even humanly possible it was so retarded so he he said something to me and he was like why isn't this done da, 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 da. and he just started yelling at me and I said are we gonna die I straight out told him are we gonna are we going to freaking die? I didn't say freaking, but yeah, I said, are we going to, are we going to die? And he just, I said another F word by choice, but he just looked at me and I was like, I said, is there a gun? Is there, are you going to point a gun at me? I mean, I said, if this doesn't get done, I was like, it doesn't get done. I said, nobody's going to die. I was like, this is not a life or death situation. I said, you can't do this to me. You know, I got most of it done because he actually eventually gave me help because I gave him attitude, but I was screaming at this guy. Like, are we going to freaking die? Like, mm -hmm. what is your problem? So I was like, unless you know what it's like to be in a situation to where if I don't get this done, we're all going to die. I said, don't come at me like all psycho. And I, you know, <clears throat> I went off on my supervisor a few times at, tar at Target. I'm surprised I never got written up. I will say that honestly. I probably should have gotten written up because I went off on the store, the main guy that ran the store. Because, yeah. And, and we still have to assimilate back in. but Yeah, I mean, I, they, they went to me if they wanted something to get done course obviously military mindset I got it done but then if something didn't get done you know it's like okay well yeah you know I, I got him I did this and you can't you know even the military gave you extra help sometimes yeah I mean it wasn't sometimes the help wasn't always the best but you at least you had help you know so it was just <laughs> yeah I just I, I held a few civilian jobs I honestly just, I couldn't, those people are weird. I, they don't have any structure. They don't, they don't know what it's like to be in certain situations. And they think, oh my gosh, the world is going to end because we don't have DVDs on the shelf. So somebody doesn't get to watch their flipping DVD. All right. Sorry. 
Excuse me, I can always go pull one in the back. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. With, with Netflix and Hulu, they're not going to need those DVDs for long anymore. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But I did hold a, a caregiving position. I took care of elderly people that had dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff like that. I honestly think that was a good job because I only dealt with that one person and my supervisor on the phone. That's cool. So I can't, I, I found out that I can't work with people because, but the, but the one-on-one -on -one thing. Yeah, I can I can yeah. I mean you know, I can I can work with Alzheimer patients. They forget like. Yeah, they forget. Some of them get hostile. Some of them are just, you know. But I can work with them. I would bust out a couple names just to make fun of them, but I don't want to like put people on the spot okay. on this thing. But you know, there's a a few. Th if you were an alpha, there was a couple of soldiers that you know. It's like working with those two soldiers, and I'm pretty sure everybody's gonna know exactly who I'm talking about. So. I'll just leave it at that. It's kind of like working with those two soldiers. It's just a really special moment. <laughs> just popping in everybody's mind right now. They're probably laughing because they know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't lose your MVGs. <laughs> or your weapon. Yeah. So anyway, like yes. <laughs> so um, so as as a lady who worked in the army and. And people are like, well, women can't do this or that. And, and with my own two eyes, I've seen people do things that were incredible. And they were ladies. And then I've seen I've seen a downside where on. where people that um Yay. Hey Sergeant Jordan, we read your text already. Yeah, thanks. You had me crying. If you're with me, say IED. There's like, when it first comes up, yeah. it says bring it on camera. He's probably going to say no. So, um, well, okay. you, if he does, you tell us. And so there's there's people that, um, they're struggling. Like, not just because, if somebody served in the military, it doesn't make them a hero. There's some people in the military that are doing assault, mm -hmm. that are hurting other people, that are bitterly cruel. And, and you've seen some of that stuff. Um, what do you say for the person who's stuck in it, in the middle of it? <sighs> Find a way out. And there's you, there's something so much more out there than being stuck in a bad spot. And, and you do have to move. You have to take the, the responsibility, hang on a second, I'm being misused, persecuted, uh, pushed in a direction that's not pretty or, or I just don't like it even you know what I mean it can be that simple like I don't like the way I'm being treated right now the onus to move still comes on the person I mean it's it's my responsibility to move or to get help and there's people that help you yeah uh, it, not easy to find no but there are those few good people out there I, I admit I haven't always made the best choices um, I've been married twice. My second husband was a complete psycho. That was my bad situation. You know, he would lock me in the closet, couldn't, couldn't get out. He'd lock me in the room. I couldn't go anywhere. Um, the school had actually threatened to call the cops on him if I didn't show up because I had perfect attendance until he started locking me up at home. 
he was abusive. I got pistol whipped. I got freaking beat the crap out of, you know, all any bad situation you can think of, you know, so, you know, and they say you can't rape your spouse. Yes, you can. You know, that's just, it kills everything. But out of all that bad situation, I had to stop and think one day, you know, just, I got to go. And you did. I did. I left. Which I, you know. But, and you know, I wasn't done with school yet either. No. So I moved local and I, well, not local to him, but I moved um, in with a friend of mine named Melissa and I moved to Paris. And that's like right by Riverside and stuff like that. I moved over there with her for a while. And then I ended up moving back to Delano and finishing school from there. So I was driving, what, three and a half hours to go to school twice a week. It's a lot of time on the road. Dedication. I was dedicated to go over there and finish school. And I still finish school with highest honors. And, and a commitment wow. to yourself. Yeah. To your... You weren't going to give up. That's it. No. And, and not only did you get out of the situation for yourself, but you stayed true to your goals and your dreams. Mm -hmm. I had to tell myself, I'm better than this. This is not who I am. I can't just sit there and let some POS just take over me. And this is not who I am. You know, I, I had to think back into who I was in the military. I'm a lot stronger than this. So I had to just get rid of the bad. So I redeemed myself. Honestly, I told one of my teachers because I was getting an F in the class. And I said, look, this is what's going on. And she let me redeem myself because she realized, mm. hey, you know, because when somebody comes to school and they have a busted lip, you know, they're, she's like, oh, okay. You know, um, actually, he one day this is this is the most crazy thing he went to his car to get a gun to shoot me and I went over there and I I had my army ring on it's put away in a safe spot now but I had my army ring on and if it wasn't for that army ring I wouldn't have busted that window and I wouldn't have gotten to him before he got to his gun so but I had glass I remember picking out glass out of my arm for like the next two days yeah well yeah, you know <laughs> I, I'm I know it's hard to share this stuff. I don't really talk about it. The last time I had to talk about this was hmm, like way like years and years ago. And, and you don't have to now. You're no. doing it because well, you've been watching these videos with everybody else and listening. I mean, the podcast, the whole thing has been we're trying to change something. And, and I mean, it's we, it's us, it's our tribe, it's the people that are watching. It's we're trying to say to the rest of the world, there is still hope. I mean, just what was it last? Sometime in the last week, somebody was telling me, like America's going to collapse. It's just you know, this these people are against those people, and those people are against these people, and them and that, and nobody's together, and there's no love, and there's but there are good people. There are people that'll help you. There are people that aren't doing bad things. Yeah. And and then there's people that are going through things and saying, hang on a second, I'm not a victim. I had some bad stuff happen, so I was victimized, but I'm going to live as a regular person. Which, like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I struggle to, like, figure it out, but I, I got in my head that, that if we're really created in the image of God and God really cares about us and, and, and somehow the idea of having a, a relationship with God through Christ is real 
then maybe all the little LLCs and nomenclatures that are sitting out in these little signs in the front of buildings where people meet to worship God, and then maybe all that stuff, and then all the people that are doing bad, and, you know, maybe all that stuff's a distraction from the good, from what's pure, from the fact that people do have strength and can come out of something and you'll never not walk with scars but the scars don't just define you you know and not all scars are visible yeah not all scars are visible talk to us about that a little bit <laughs> um i don't know it's just not they're not all visible some it's just they're inside and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna scar you for life no matter what the situation is, like you want to, as much as I, I told myself I was going to forget a lot of situations, I can't. Something will, something will bring it up. Mm -hmm. There's, I don't care if somebody says triggers are fake. No, they're real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All it takes is a smell or it takes something, a sound, something. They're very real and it'll, you know, just one little thing, it'll bring up, a, it'll, it'll, it's like an open wound again. It's not even a scar. It just reopens itself. So, like, I... And even knowing what your triggers are doesn't stop things. Because yeah. people are like, well, you know what your triggers are. Like, it doesn't you, matter. You can't avoid it. it. Some things go on. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, someone's someone's trigger could be someone mowing the grass, you know. I mean, it's just the little things. But some of these scars run deep. Yeah, they do. They run really deep. Like, a lot of these things, yeah, I, I push the back burner. But it doesn't mean I don't wake up in the middle of the night dreaming about them. Yeah. They will surface eventually. Well, I, and I think that when they do surface, to act like they don't is a betrayal of ourselves. Mm -hmm. You gotta, you have to, you have to face everything. Yeah. No matter how hard it is, you can't run from it all your life. You really can't. Well, I tried. I really did, you know, and then eventually I thought, you know, I'll just kill myself. I don't have to run from it anymore. No, now I face everything head on, you know, as, as bad as it may suck, I'm going to, I'm going to face it head on. There's no other way I can do it. I have to spread my word to other people that had bad things happen to them. They, they got to know they're not alone. They are not alone in anything. Yeah. Wait. It's like, when I think about you saying you're not alone, they say that post-traumatic stress, like one of the main, um, it's not the symptoms, but the main effect of post-traumatic stress is people start to isolate. Mm -hmm. And they, they try to get away from everybody else. And, you know, I, I've sat at home a lot, Netflix on, not really watching anything, just noise in the background and being alone. And it only makes it worse, honestly. I mean, it's hard to find somebody you can trust. Yeah. To talk to, to be with. You can't just go out there and tell people all your stuff that you're dealing with or what you've gone through. And for for those of us from the military, I had problems. I would I would go talk to another pastor, and and they're looking at me like I've got a horn growing right out of my head. You know, like they yeah. don't have any clue. I remember one guy looked at me and said, are you saved? 
I think my boy can't hear me. He's being like, I'm trying to talk to you about like overload here, <laughs> and you're asking me if I'm saved. It was. I probably, yeah, oh, probably wow. dropped the F-bomb, and he was like, oh, you're going to hell. You know, um, Christians, we, we, as, even though I, I've been baptized, I cuss. That doesn't mean I'm going to hell. <laughs> well, and, and, and it's. But in their world, they, because they live in, I mean, I've, I've actually, refused to go to a few churches because they were so judgmental look at your tattoos you know my whole arm is based on skulls oh what does that mean you know like i'm like i've been baptized you know i'm i mean it doesn't make me even more holy because i've been baptized but hey you know i'm i'm a christian but well this is part of your story yeah, my story is on my body, and, you know, people, they judge me by the way I look. Yeah, you know, if you see me walking through Target, I'm probably not the friendliest looking person. <coughs> so, you know, because I'm in my own little world or doing my own little thing, and, you know, I, I will, I'm, I'm probably, I probably shouldn't say this, but I have resting bitch face. I think everybody does. So, and everybody when I, at some point. and, and. We call it, and my family, the Venable Stare. We just have this blank look of just like, uh, like no. You're so like concentrating and yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm you probably walk not. Walk around with just this huge smile on your face all the time. Yeah, that's just creepy. That's just really <laughs> creepy. You know, I do have road rage. I will admit, I do have road rage. A lot of it. I think there's very few veterans that I've met. Well, after being an 88 mic and driving in situations, you look at these other guys and you're like, what are you doing? You know, like, you're such an idiot. Yeah, Matt's like, get out of drive. Like, if someone is driving my car, they feel, like, there's only, like, two or three people that are allowed to drive my car. And unless you're one of those two or three people, I'm sorry, you're not driving my car because you're an idiot. I don't care who you are. I don't like anybody else's driving took me a while you know like I cannot stand anybody else's driving and everybody says oh my gosh look at your driving I'm like look at it you know and I yeah I admit you know sometimes it's a little aggressive but I mean but you're still here I'm safe yeah. I have great car insurance <laughs> says, nah, nah, Ved, you got a advanced resting bitch <laughs> who said that Harding? Harding, Harding. Harding, yes, right. Yes, yes. No. Thank you. Yes. I have mastered the skill of resting bitch face. Can I drive your car? Whatever. Whatever. RBF. That's my new thing. Of any of my battle buddies, of course they can drive my car, but any of these civilians out here, you better. No. No, I'm sorry. No. Oh. People are scary. So, so let's talk about another thing that's happening in the Army. Okay. I mean, that happens to folks when they're getting out. They don't get to leave. Because, yeah, I mean, although a different situation, the exact same feeling. We didn't leave on terms that we wanted to leave the Army on. And I felt a little betrayed. I did, too. And, and like... It's really strange because there are some people that get to do like 20, 30 years, 24 years, 22 years. They go through this great ceremony and they get to walk away and everybody's like, oh, you did such a wonderful job. 
But that doesn't happen to most of us. Most of us, well, not most, but a whole bunch of people didn't get out on those kind of terms. I think I got, I got done dirty. I think you did too. Because I was actually, um, when we got back from Afghanistan, and I'm pretty sure Sergeant Jordan, everybody remembers this, I broke my plantar fascia. Not even 72 hours after coming back, we were doing morning PT and snap. So what, what part snapped. of your foot is that? Is that like right in here? It's between your heel and your palm of your foot. So that's it's that, that big tendon It's right the tendon there. that runs right through it. If okay. you lift your foot back and you, you can feel that tendon, that thing snapped. I eventually went back to another doctor and they told me it snapped. So I'm just like, great, you know. And I've had problems with that foot ever since. So when I get to Kentucky, I'm in a walking boot most of the time. I can't really PT. Yeah, it's my responsibility as a soldier to maintain myself. Well, they found out I was on medication for mental health that caused gain, weight gain. Nobody did nothing about that. You know, I was doing extra PT, I think with, who was it with? I was gonna say Chansey, but I don't think it was. I was in the gym doing extra PT. At the end of the day, I remember doing that. So you're doing two a days. Yeah, and it was with, I remember Harrison was with me. Harrison was my battle buddy at, at Knox because we worked with Sergeant Addison. And we were just, we were always doing extra PT. So I was like, okay, no big deal. But I got darn dirty because I got let out on a weight gain. Well, I'm sorry, there were, I don't care who's watching this that's from that company, there were plenty of you other people that were fatter than me in there. <laughs> so I don't want to hear, oh, you know, blah, 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 you know, you know what, there were some other soldiers that were way fatter than me, and I honestly think the commander did not like me, him and his little cupcake self, he called everybody cupcakes, he called you a cupcake, yeah, I think he was out to get me and Blake, we are the only two that got kicked out on, on weight, and it just, honestly, that just, it killed it for me, and then, you know, it, it just, it honestly and hurt, and that was right after you came back from mm -hmm. Afghanistan, in own that was like right about the same time we went to Walter Reed because I'd moved to 6'4". Yeah. And, which is weird because like I, it doesn't feel like there's an adequate reset when when a soldier gets hurt sometimes. And then what my experience was I felt like when I was hurt and they tried the thing on my back then like well we can't use you anymore you're done see you later. Yeah. And they just wanted like Hang on a second. What about 12 and a half years of my life went into this? Oh, we don't care. Like, they didn't even, you know, I, I was lucky to get retired because we went to JAG and, and fought that. And our commander from before got involved and a bunch of other people wrote letters. Well, Sergeant Addison, he, he said he had my back. But the rest of the NCOs, if I can flip you off, I would because you didn't have my back whenever I needed you. And they knew how good of a soldier I was. It was all about, I don't know if it was about favorites or whatever, but I obviously wasn't anybody's favorite then, so. Well, and Sergeant Jordan was gone. It's, it's weird because when you come back, well, the folks Well, for that, Sergeant Moore, if he was there, he would have my back. Yeah, but they, you know? they were gone because they went to a different unit. Sergeant Kirby and, was gone. And honestly, yeah, I'll admit, Sergeant Ariana was right. I probably should have went to Irwin like I was supposed to, but I chose to stay with... At, no, I chose to stay with my husband at the time. Oh, that's right. That's that was right. my yeah, choice. I chose to stay with him. You know, that's that's what a good wife does, I guess. So. Well, that's what love does to you. 
Yeah, so I, I made that choice to stay with him. Yeah. But that choice, ultimately, I believe going to Knox was, it just killed my military career. Well, so, so the reason I'm bringing it up is because sometimes... What was that? Uh, <laughs> that is my wonderful boyfriend. Huh? Oh yeah, we're doing an interview, they're sweetheart. On, they're on the bell, the uh, the ring.com. Y'all ought to get these ring.com. Bye. See, you should get these ring.com for your houses because you can look and see who's at your house anytime. It's and like, maybe they're sitting on your front porch. Yeah. Like, yes. Like we're sitting He's over there porch. in Mammoth, uh, in the mountains at some ski resort, and we can take a talk to him. He just tried calling me, but we're in the middle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, do that I mean, I, so. Um, there's a there's a lot in that getting let out. I really never expressed this to anybody about like honestly I am angry. If I could go back and I I heard not a lot of good things came out of that commander, but if I can go back and tell him off, I probably would. I honestly probably wouldn't do any good, but it wouldn't do any good. You know, the first sergeant they didn't really know me, but the the NCOs that were there that were with me, you know, from Hood. Should have had my back. They knew how good of a soldier I was. But it's it's well, whatever. That was then, this is now. And I wouldn't be where I'm at now if it wasn't for all these things that happened. And a lot True. has happened. A lot has happened. And, it, you know, I'm not the same person I was when I was in the military till now. Because between now and then, so much crap has gone on. And it's like, wow, you know, I, I can't even believe, you know, I, I endured all this stuff. Yeah. Like, a lot of people would have gave up. So... I almost gave up. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I was there, but God wouldn't let me give up. He said, "It's not your time." Which I'm glad you're still here. I'm yeah. happy about that. <laughs> me too. I, so, so um, the other question I wanted to ask you. <clears throat> so you've been watching these things, mm -hmm. and you've encouraged me to keep doing them. You're one of the people that has been like, "Nah, we've had some conversations." And you're like, "You've got to keep doing this stuff." So why do we keep doing this? Because you you know you're probably gonna be on the board of Vet Church when, mm -hmm. we, when we when we make Vet Church a five hundred one c three, and um, why do why are we doing this? Can you can you talk a little bit about like why it's important for me to keep traveling around doing this? A little what bit? what is your motto to help one another? Basically, we we can save each other. We don't need this mental health health care so we just we have each other that's all we need is each other i mean yeah like people a lot of the people out here are dependent on medications and stuff like that it's not all about that you know i have successfully come off of my medications you know sometimes some days it is hard but i have come off my medications you know because i don't want to feel like that anymore i i call you what do you mean feel like that numb i was on so many pills so many i was taking at least 25 to 30 pills a day Good. and i eventually had my liver it's my like liver done yeah i had my liver scanned i had a an enlarged liver they said it could be possible signs of early cirrhosis if i would keep up the medications and i told them hmm, nope i'm done i can't do this do you i mean Did the doctor help you get off too i mean no i i told him to f off and I did it myself because, you know, 
that's it's they they wanted to put me on a pill for my liver and I'm like really are you serious you tell me I got a big liver and you want me what are you doing you know at first they tried to blame it on my health well I was that was when I was running six miles a day right when I this is right when I got out of the military a few months I was going to college and I was taking all these pills and your foot had healed and you were trying to well my foot's never gonna be right they said it never healed right oh so and then well later on I gracefully fell off my best friend's front porch and broke my foot in places so it's just all in that one foot so it's never gonna be right now, I do want to say yeah. this because we're live and um, and it, you know it'll turn into a podcast so there are people on who are on medications that you cannot just quit okay don't you hear me saying this right now Give yeah don't medical do medical advice I, I don't I think that there's nothing you can stick in your mouth that's gonna fix your head now there's people with chemical imbalances who might need something the rest of their lives because there is some truth to that mm -hmm. but but what we put in our mouths um, it does things to us and you know and if if the diagnosis was pretty much how do you feel oh take this that's not a medical diagnosis to begin with in my opinion just my opinion and a lot of other people too <laughs> and you know just I what I, I just really want to caution you if you're gonna get off medications do it with medical help I mean that the doctors don't got do you what I did it. do not do what I did because yeah they're I I went through the motion of yeah shakes you, you I sleeping yeah, yeah I it I mean, it didn't feel too great but you know I was angry you were done I was angry at at the VA who isn't angry at the VA no, that's no, all I'm gonna say not. tell me one person that's not angry at the VA how about how about they say that oh, there's 20 million veterans in America right now and only nine million of them even go to the VA the other 11 million just have nothing to do with it yeah because they're mad <laughs> they're totally mad but you know our like what we were talking about we should continue doing this we should we need to help each other you know out of our our dark spots or at least spread our stories to let other veterans know that hey you know you're not doing this alone yeah. there are plenty of us out there you know some of these people on this on this facebook live they may not know me but some of them probably can relate to me Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like e even us getting out, me as a chaplain, and and you as an enlisted soldier. And I was enlisted at one time, but when you when you like I was telling you we were we were walking the dog earlier, and I was like, hey. Uh, when I switched over to being an officer, it was a totally different treatment. You know, I mean, like I was treated totally different as, a, and it was weird. I thought that was just. I couldn't hardly get over it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, you mean I could just walk over there and say hello or, and no, you know, I could just walk up and talk to somebody all of a sudden? Because I couldn't do that when I was enlisted. Well, it was weird because you always told us not to salute you. You're like, eh, whatever, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay. Sorry, sir. <laughs> okay, I won't do that again. You know? And some of these other officers were like, hey, you need to salute me. I'm like, oh, okay, sniper. <laughs> all right. Well, and we were in Afghanistan. I just wasn't. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. But I do, I, I think of that, like, I was in pain. Like, I didn't want to get out. I felt betrayed. I felt like, well, because I was hurt. Why couldn't you let me go work in a hospital? I was livid about what they did. I honestly, like, I will never forget that. I was livid. I was very, very pissed off. 
And for a while, it's so hard to do anything because you're. I would have. I honestly would have been a lifer. Yeah. I would have been a lifer. I love the military. You know, it's. You missed out on your soldiers. I I you know I yeah they say when you get out of the military you realize how much wear and tear it did on your body yeah I broke down like my yeah I'm not I'm not top notch anymore you know my body's like probably 85 years old and. I'm not even 85 years old, so it just feels like it, you know. But but with with the idea of Vet Church and, like, one of the things we've been trying to do is get people together. Like, the National Cathedral, the thing of Becky's. Maybe we should do something out here in California or something, because we've got a bunch of us out here. We need to. I mean, because these little get-together thing, like an East Coast thing where, you know, because there's, there's a bunch of people up, Scott, Seattle, and, I mean... What was, what was, uh, I forgot the guy's name that got knifed. He's trying to save some money on the, on the train in Oregon. Two Best? Years ago. No, not. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No. Is it Best? No. Um, I don't. Oh, my gosh. Um, he was in Charlie, wasn't he? No. Was he Charlie? I thought he was. I thought it was Sergeant Best. I know exactly who you're talking about. He got knifed in Oregon. He was part of our. He was he was helping he was helping a, a female on there he was that was accosted, 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 assaulted. Really? Yeah. Uh, it was a racial thing too. So she had a she was wearing a barker or something. Or, yeah. And they flipped that on her, and the guy was like, "Stand back." And okay, sorry. Yeah, best. it was and, best. And um. Like I think I just think it's important that we get together and see each other, and you know, and I've noticed this too. Like, like I said before, there's people in the military who, they're not heroes. They're just they're people that did some mean things. And they still do some mean things. I mean, like, but what's what I've found is that as we travel around the country, there's a a modicum of grace that one soldier will give to another soldier, because we were all there together, even if you weren't the nicest person. I've seen a little bit of grace being extended, and it, it seems like it only can come from other other veterans. Like when a civilian person says, "Oh, you know, that's okay," I'm like, "Who are you to even say that?" I mean, like, what do you really know about what we're even talking about? Yeah. I mean, I honestly can admit there was a couple of soldiers that I didn't get along with, but if it came when it came down to it. If I saw something happening to that person, I would have their back regardless. Oh, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. They're they're part of me. They were a part of my life at one point. Even if I didn't get along with them, I don't care. Yep. I'm not going to let them sit there and be like, oh, that's your problem. No, you know, what that's I still, you. They're, it's my family. You don't let your family go down. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, I feel really, you know, people have asked me, well, like, can I join vet church? I wasn't a veteran. I think yes. I think that what we do here isn't just about us, and we need we need people that that love us and care for us and, and journey with us back out of the military. I they mean, can probably get an understanding of who we are. I mean, they will never totally understand that, but they'll be like, "Oh, well, okay," you know. They at least get a feel for it. Yeah. Listening to y'all stories is helping me. I mean, going through, you know, what he went through, it helped me understand what some of y'all could be going through, and then the more stories I hear, you know, and, and I, I know I'll never understand because I didn't do it, but 
But that's okay. I mean, because it helps broaden my understanding of and it helps the military. round me out a little bit too. You know, to, and I, I man, that's the other thing. It's like been really cool is um. So we've got a divorce rate in the military of like they said in 2014 for E5 and below was 80 percent. That's a, that's a high divorce rate, 80 percent. So that's well, if these private weren't getting married to strippers, you know, that would be okay. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I want that BAH. Let me go find the first girl that's not going to, you know, like, yeah, let's go to a bar and just get married. It's cool. Well, now, now I will <laughs> say this. So what I've done, um, I've started, like, as we, as we drive around, start having conversations with ladies and men who married people and they went up with a divorce and they were they were the ones that were not in the military and it's not always their fault strangely enough a lot of times the soldiers are like i just can't take this anymore like i'm being because uh, for a, a soldier marine something in the navy um an air air woman air man they're being pulled like your first dedications to your unit to the person to your right and your left and to the mission and yet you've got this ring on your finger, maybe. And it's like, well, oh, well, I'm not going to have dinner for a year. Or <laughs> or we're not going on any dates this year because I've got to go do something. And and it's really strange because it's the, the life of a, uh, a service member is pulled in many, many directions. And it's hard. It's hard to deal with. It's hard as a service member to come home and be like, I'm sorry, you know, I got this other thing. And after a while, you don't even say, I'm sorry, you're just, because sometimes you're angry that you even got to go do it, you know, like, really, we got to go out to the field for like, we're about to be gone for six months or a year or whatever, and you want to go this month to like, sit out there and watch five people fire a weapon? Well, you know, I had just talked to a new military spouse. And she was complaining, because she's going to go out to, I think, South Carolina with her husband. She's supposed to leave in June. I don't really know this chick, but she didn't know I was military. Mm. And she started talking to me, well, I don't understand this. And, da, da, da. and I said, hey, I said, it's our job. She looked at me all weird, and I said, yeah, I was in the military. I said, you know, it's something you're going to have to get used to. And if you can't get used to it, I said, there's the door. I was like, you can't call the first sergeant and say, hey, I want my husband home. That's not how it works. It's no. like, what are you going to do when he deploys? And, and, and it's like they it's true. need to consider. Yeah. You know, and I don't think civilians will ever get it. You know, yeah, we're back in the civilian world. That doesn't make us a civilian. It's I'm no, I can't I can't go there. You know, and having honestly, I don't think even marrying a civilian, you know, I don't I don't even think they get it. And having a relationship with a civilian is hard. Well, Kate was with me, and there's times Kate didn't get it. You know, like we we, you know, since we started doing this, we've had conversations, and Kate's like, I still don't understand that. And well, and I can't because I didn't do yeah. those things. I didn't, you know, I wasn't in the military. I was fairly close. I mean, he was as close as I got, so I did have to put up with their crap, but I didn't have to do it. Yeah, I've run into a lot of ignorant people about the military, and man, that just irk me. Well, I wasn't in the military, but since I've, I've been working with y'all, you know, every everybody that 
he knows and that I knew some of you when he was in. And, like, still to this day, I'm like, how are these people out here? And I'm one of them, but, like, <laughs> these people, they expect y'all to just, like, either y'all got kicked out, even if you do, like, a full 20, 30 years. And then they just think you should just be able to drop back in the sewer in life and be just normal. It doesn't work like that. Why do you have problems? Why just, do you have roadways? They do that at the VA, too. They expect you just, hey, be normal. Oh, what the hell is normal? Well, and, and I want to say something. Kate said, you know, y'all got kicked out. And and I'm retired. Are you not retired? I'm honorably discharged, though. Okay. So, so here's the weird thing. I get a little bit of money, and I get insurance. But I still feel like I was kicked out. I don't have... And, and, and I wouldn't have that if it hadn't been for going to JAG and, like, a lawyer. I probably, honestly, I probably should have lawyered up. I probably should have done something because under my circumstances, under my, in my situation, being injured, medications, everything that went on, I shouldn't have been able to get kicked out. No. And, I and, shouldn't have. And that's, and, and it's a matter of like the machine is so big and it's moving so quick. You know, I mean, like that unit doesn't even exist anymore. Our unit's been stood, they call it standing down. Like roll the cover colors up, and until there's another big skirmish in the world, sweep them under the rug. That's it. You know, we're, we're, we don't exist anymore. The two first or the third brigade, first ID, is gone away for a while, and it's a it's a wild thing because like it's happening so quick that you don't have time to think. And if it hadn't been for Kate and other people, because I wasn't gonna make the calls, you know, I I was not, but. I felt like nobody had my back there. Yeah. And when, by the time I realized somebody had my back there, it was too late. It was too late. Yep. I was already, I was like already, that. I was already getting all my signatures to get out, yeah. but it was, um, Wardale, Tommy Wardale. Yeah, I know him. He was the one that said, Hey, you know, why don't you sit here and fight for it? I ran into him in Iraq the next year. Mm -hmm. I was, he was, uh, contracting, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but so the same thing. He's going through. So everybody's going through something at the same time, mm -hmm. and therefore it's hard to see the other person. And it's it's a big mess. So so I we're getting raindrops. No, it's not raining yet. It's just little 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 trickles. But but okay. So where we're at with the rain or whatever. Is there anything else you'd like to hit on that we haven't? Hmm. There's just so much that we can, I know it's probably going to have to be like two or three interviews, but there's just so much that we can go over. You know, like, like I keep telling you, my story, my everything, the little semicolon, what it means is, you know, you were there at suicide, but you didn't, you didn't go. Your story isn't over yet. Because like, if you put that in a sentence, that means it's going to continue on. And my story isn't over yet. And Anybody that's watching, if there's any, like, any time that you need something, inbox me. I'll give you my number. I don't care. If I can help somebody, let me do it. It helps me as a person deal with my demons and my battles. I know I have a toddler, and you might hear him screaming in the background, but, hey, you know, you might be like, oh, okay, you know, that might be the happiness of your life, you know. Hear this little kid just screaming. <laughs> 
singing. He, well, he sings and, you know, like watches Paw Patrol all the time. But, you know, it just, it might be your happiness to hear something like that. We all have our struggles. We all have our battles, you know. That's true. You know, after everyone on here realizing, hey, you know, I, I could have been dead a few years ago. No, not a lot of people know that. Like, I kept that to myself. But I could have been dead a few years ago, and I'm still here. So you have to realize that there is a purpose for everybody. Yeah. I have a purpose here, and I can't just give up on it. And, and I believe everybody has a purpose here. I mean, we're still here. My purpose is to help other people, no matter what the situation is, you know. I'm not going to say any names, but just recently I've been, I've been helping the spouse of a ex-military, you know go through some difficult times so i mean i'm i'm there well and that's that's part of the other thing like mm -hmm. it's that other side it's like for every soldier every marine every sailor every airman airwoman in the coast guard whatever y'all are so but whatever there's there's moms dads sisters brothers uncles aunts cousins best friends friends that were kind of friends people that knew you teachers mentors people that you played sports with it's a huge group of people that each one of us are connected to and being vulnerable sharing sitting here doing this with no script and not really knowing what we're going to do you know at any time, anybody that does this and it's like, hey, I want that off of there, we pull it off. We don't, I'm not into a legal thing. We're not making money out of this. That's not what it's about. Like, sometimes in this nation, something's got to be purely about care and love and concern. And that's why we do these. You know, and that's why we, you say, hey, PM me. And, and I love it that folks on Vet Church have reached out to each other just because I showed up somewhere. You know, it's like, I was part of, I'm part of like good again, you know, and, and they're caring for one another through this, like the, uh, private messages. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got two, I think two or three friend requests last night after the video went up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's a few people I believe that aren't, I think they're on vet church, but they're from Bravo and they're like, you're the one name that stuck out. Mm. And I was like, well, wow. You know, that's, trippy you know like I'm like okay you know like they're like I am that one person that everybody remembers I don't know I how it. well just, you were you were Sergeant Jordan's assistant not only that but you know you I, I yeah know. plus I did mail so you can't get around me so <laughs> well and you were the, weren't you the morale mm -hmm. the morale uh, what do you call that MWR morale like yeah I was just Geronimo and I Geronimo Geronimo. He's yeah. a cook now. Chief oh, he's Geronimo yeah, now. Chief. 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 That's awesome, man. Keith. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, um, he helped. He helped me a lot too. He actually, he was a very, very wise soldier, and he he told me a lot of good information. Yeah, he's he's given me guidance on this thing a couple times. Like, let people post whatever. He's one of our as long as it's not news. Mm -hmm. One of the things he told me. He's like, let people bring their pain. That's important. I was like, oh. Well, if I forgot to mention anybody, everybody, everybody I was deployed with, anybody I knew in the military was outstanding. You know, everybody has a different role in my life. And if I didn't mention your name, you know, like, there's always, I still have these special bonds with everybody, these memories, you know, Torres, 
oh my god we had so much fun together we did so many crazy things together so i mean how can i not you know him being my neighbor too so it was wild how about, how about that crazy <laughs> picture he just put up <laughs> oh the, she showed me the picture <laughs> that was hilarious man. the flashback picture of your your island days yeah oh man or how about that uh that picture of you smoking a cigarette and starting jordan's uh iba that was outstanding <laughs> <laughs> lots of good times well i appreciate you doing this 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 story can continue because you know well there's i don't know how many females are on here but you know next time maybe we could talk about in the military mst or stuff like that what's mst stand for military sexual trauma um it is real and don't be ashamed that it, you know something happened like that don't be ashamed that you need to come out yeah and, and it, it goes on that happens to guys too guys and girls um, and the the guys that i worked with that, that have happened to <coughs> excuse me they thought some of them thought they were the only ones that ever happened to and they're not no so so like when i come through next year we should do another number two next year better be sooner than that <laughs> if Got not i'm gonna bit. have to take a road trip you gotta come to New Orleans. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm I well, I wanna be in Florida. But I do wanna go back to Kentucky. You know, a lot of my people are still there, but my people are all over the state, so but I can't not go to Kentucky and not stop in Arkansas and see Andrews. That's true. That well, Andrews, you're amazing. You're just just wanna choke you sometimes, but you're great. <laughs> In a way, in a good way. <laughs> so, so what the, let, let's talk about this real quick. So, in the future, we're going to be turning Vet Church into a 501c3. Mm -hmm. You're going to be on the board. One of the goals that we have in 501c3 is not just to get me money to drive around the country. It, that'll help because, you know, I'm like putting everything I got on the line right now. But the other thing is what we want to do is we want to have not so much, I don't want to call them parties, but get-togethers, reunions, where we bring, where people can come and get together. Social events. Social events, yeah, yeah. Well, I, because that's what heals. I mean, Connecting. that's what the Wounded Warrior Project does with their money. We're going to do it with our money. That will help people get to places. Don't give the Wounded Warrior, give to us. That's it. Well, and we'll get <laughs> we'll get everything set up. I'm selling my house right now so we can pay for it. And um, as soon as my house sells, then that's one of the things that's going to happen is we're going to turn this into a 501c3. And oh, I see the drops coming down. It's actually raining in California. Wow. Woohoo! We're getting wet in the desert. <laughs> I'll move this out of the way. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, th I just think that's cool that, you know, you're going to be part of that and that we're going to do our best to bring people together. I wouldn't miss it for the world because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people out there that that need to hear it. Yeah. They need to hear your story. They need to hear a story. They need to. They need to know. You know. This is this is a life worth living. Yeah. You got to continue on doing everything. You got to be strong. You know, no matter what. Don't ever. Don't ever let anybody tell you you can't. Because every time someone said I couldn't, I proved them wrong right yeah. then and there. Oh, I do it every time I pick up that guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you can't do this. All right, I can't do this. All right, watch me. Right. 
Well, thank you very much, Monique. Yeah. Thank all y'all for being Monique part of this. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm, I'm really excited that, that you're part of this team and you believe in this. You know, it's like... That church has helped me out of a lot of dark spots, you know? appreciate you saying that you know even before it was vet church who was there for me like yeah i just <laughs> in my darkest spot i had called you well it, it's it's wild but if i act like i'm okay then i'm i'm useless but when i realize that i'm jacked up too gotta admit it and then and then i find myself being you know like Really, I helped you? you know, I mean, like, that stuff really got to me. I remember several people who called me up and said, oh, hey, you did some good things. I'm like, huh? And then I realized, like, why, why, are we hi why do we hide? Why do we act like we're all okay? What Being jacked up isn't that bad. No. It's just part of normal life. And it's good stuff. Hey, what kind of food are we going to eat tonight? Oh, yeah, what's that stuff? Oh, a Pokeball? Y'all gotta, y'all gotta try this. It sounds really good. They will post pictures of this infamous Pokeball. It's amazing. I'm pretty sure. I don't. Maybe Torres knows what it is. I think the Pokeball comes from Hawaii, though. Yeah. Sounds, yeah. Sounds like it should. I think it comes from Hawaii. I think this is the guy told me it's Hawaiian, but oh, it's Hawaiian yummy. Food. I know Torres, you're not from Hawaii. Okay, I get it, but <laughs> you have a nice variety of food that you like to eat. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay well we'll see you later yep thank you for joining us for this vet church podcast to learn more about vet church visit www.vetchurch.com